Maybe like me, you went on the church website and saw that today was Senior Recognition Sunday. Well, my apologies to all of you over the age of 65 who were hoping for a free cup of coffee or some other acknowledgement because, uh, alas, it is the high school senior graduates that we are honoring today. Before we begin, open up God's word. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of being a part of the family of God. It is a joy to gather together with brothers and sisters to sing praises to your name, to encourage each other, to to push each other on to uh, new heights of faith. Lord, do that work today in all of us, in all different ways, as we sing, as we open up your word, as we just talk in hallways. Lord, build your kingdom among us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So in the first few weeks of my senior year in high school, I made the decision to surrender my life to Christ and to begin following his leading. A lot changed in my life that first year, but as I headed off to college, I underestimated what I was about to face. My high school buddies were all joining a fraternity house, so I joined with them. And of course, there were some fun things about that. The camaraderie of guys living together, playing intramural sports together, etc. But it took very little time living in the frat house to realize that for a young Christian, This was not an ideal environment to be thrust headlong into. It was a roller coaster year for me, as I did some things right, like joining Campus Crusade for Christ, or crew as it's known today, but other things very wrong, which included compromising in areas like sexual purity, and alcohol abuse. I was not ready to be thrown into that fire. In Matthew 10, 16, Jesus told his disciples, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. We're called to take the gospel to this world, even to the darkest parts of the world, whether those be on a college campus, or on the other side of the world. The right person, properly prepared, could have had a powerful ministry in a fraternity house, living side by side with a bunch of unbelievers, being salt and light to them. 
But I was not that person at that point in my life. But that leads me to this question. The popular summation of uh, Jesus' teaching in John chapter 17 is that believers are to be in the world, but not of the world. But how do we know what the right balance is of being in and not of? Especially in light of our varying degrees of Christian maturity. Let's take a deeper dive into that passage today and see if we can't gain a better understanding of that idea of being in the world, but not of the world. So join me as we read John chapter 17, verses 14 through 21. John chapter 17, I begin at verse 14. This is Jesus praying to his father. I have given them your word and the world world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also... For all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us. So that the world will believe you sent me. So as we explore this passage today we'll see that Jesus teaches us in his prayer that, and here's my outline for today, I think it's going to go up on the screen, that we are sent into the world, but we don't want to isolate ourselves. Number two, we are not to be of the world, so we don't want to imitate. And number three, we need God's help to, say, to stay safe from the world. We need to insulate so that we can effectively infiltrate. So did you get those points? There they are. Don't isolate. Don't imitate. Insulate so that we can effectively infiltrate. Jesus sends each of us into the world. He makes that clear in verse 18 when he says to his father, just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. We're told to be salt and light. We cannot isolate ourselves from the world and expect to have any success in evangelizing the world. Making disciples is an investment 
of life on life. I love Philippians chapter 2 verse 17 where Paul says, Even if I am poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Life on life, pouring out himself for his disciples. Our mission is not to isolate ourselves from the world, but rather we're sent into the world on mission to advance the gospel through disciple making. David Mathis, the executive director of DesiringGod.org, says this, Jesus' true followers have not only been crucified to the world, but also raised to new life and sent back in to free others. We've been rescued from the darkness and given the light, not merely to flee the darkness, but to guide our steps as we go back in to rescue others. It's exciting to be a part of a church that's sending workers onto the mission field who are advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ to unreached people groups. Many of you are familiar with Sean and Lindsay Mahowan. Lindsay grew up in our church, and she and her husband Sean are now missionaries in Thailand, where Sean was raised. They've had a very successful ministry in a small village in northern Thailand called Tatong. Their church there has grown into a solid and stable ministry. But they felt God's calling to keep advancing the gospel. So I want you to check out this video message from from Sean as he shares about how God is now sending them to a new ministry assignment in a nearby, much larger city of Chiang Mai. Check this out. Uh, right now I'm in Chiang Mai and the reason why I'm sending this uh, video to you guys is because God's been leading us um, here in Thailand to start a church in Chiang Mai. Uh, Chiang Mai is a northern uh, city in Thailand. It's the largest city in the north and, and all types of tribal people, it's multicultural and all that from all over Thailand and Myanmar come to Chiang Mai looking for opportunities and looking for uh, jobs and looking to create a better future for themselves. And usually the people that come here are the younger people, the younger generations and a younger generation of young adults. And this is the generation that God has put on my heart to reach out to. And we've seen so many people get saved in our church from this generation. And the reason why is because they're looking uh, for an encounter with the Creator. They're looking for an encounter. um, genuine encounter with God. Um, Yes, they grew up in a Buddhist culture and yes, they grew up in 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 Buddhism and but they're also questioning all the religious works and all the religious uh, thoughts and ideas and because of that uh, they're searching for another path and I believe there's only one way and that is Jesus and and so because of that, uh, we've been wanting to start a church that is uh, uniquely uh, set up and equipped to reach the younger generation. I'm right now standing in a space that we have a unique opportunity to take because of uh, COVID-19. 
Um, be, before COVID-19, this was a Thai boxing gym, and, be, and when COVID happened, they couldn't afford the space anymore or need the space anymore, so they moved out. And I just really felt the Holy Spirit lead us to this space as we were searching for a place for, for Victory Chiang Mai to call home. And I searched everywhere else in every hotel, and then when I came here, um, and talk to the owners about this space. They were willing to drop down the price because of the COVID situation. And, and right now, and this space though, it's uniquely um, set a uh, place in between uh, three major universities. And I just believe that this is an opportunity that we need to grasp and take a hold of and believe God for. And, and because I believe this church is going to be a church that will change the next generation, it will reach the next generation. And I believe if we can do that, uh, we, will, we can change this nation. And I just believe that this, this church here is just going to be a light in this city in, in the midst of darkness. And thank you so much for you guys' support. And I just want to say that we love you guys and we look forward to being with you again one day. And um, thank you so much. God bless. That is, that is cool because Sean and Lindsay understand that they are sent into the world to advance the gospel. And to be a part of that is awesome as a church for us to be a part of that. But did you know there's others among ourselves right here that are feeling that call of God's, God on their lives today? God's calling to send them. But don't hear me wrong. We are all sent into the world. It's not just missionaries going across culture. In fact, a beautiful example of this that isn't in my notes, but it occurred to me as I was talking. Sorry, Tom, if I'm going to embarrass you here, but talking to Tom Steele uh, this morning, and he has a, a surgery tomorrow, a rather significant surgery. And his whole outlook on the surgery is, the thing he's talking about is not, oh, is it going to be successful? What's he's like, I hope God gives me some divine appointments to talk to some people in the hospital. He's, he knows he's sent. He's a sent one. You are too. All of you are. We're all sent. For many of us right now, that means being sent into our neighborhoods, being sent into our workplace, being sent into our schools. Seniors, high school seniors, you're head, most of you headed off to college. What a great opportunity to live 24-7 with many who are unbelievers and to be salt and light to them. You may never in your life have another opportunity like you have on a college campus where you're right there with them 24-7. Realize that that's God sending you there to be salt and light. Our second point today from John 17 is that we are not to be of the world. Don't imitate. In verse 14, Jesus says, the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. Then in verse 16, he says, they do not belong to this world any more than I do. Paul said it very clearly in Romans 12 too, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
God created this incredible world that we live in. Its beauty is oftentimes astounding. I mean, have you, have you been up to pictured rocks in the UP? It's awesome. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying and appreciating the world that we live in. But personal pleasure is no longer our goal in life as Christians as it once was before. Being entertained isn't sinful, but when we become more enamored with temporary things than with eternal things, it is. You've heard me talk many times about my baseball card collection. I'm a big baseball card collector. But if I get more joy out of my baseball card collection than I do out of Jesus, then something is seriously wrong. We want to tread lightly when it comes to allowing the culture to influence us in ways that go against our Christian worldview or cause us to sin. We need to ask ourselves, where are we getting our information? When we expose ourselves to the culture of this world in such a way that it starts to affect the way we think or behave, then we're in dangerous territory. The Bible says that we are strangers and aliens on earth. And some of us are certainly a little bit stranger than others. Hebrews 11 is the passage describing the lives of the great saints of the Old Testament. In verse 13, it says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. And they admitted that they were strangers and aliens on earth. Are you willing to admit that you're different? Or are you always trying to fit in and be in the popular, be popular with your peer group? The Bible says that we're supposed to be light in the darkness. Later on in that same chapter of Hebrews, <clears throat> the writer is referring to Moses when he says in verse 25, Moses chose, hear that word? Moses chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Moses chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. I love that. Are you willing to make that kind of choice? We are not supposed to imitate what's going on in the world. In fact, we want to live lives that will show the attractiveness of being a part of the kingdom of God. We want to show people how amazing 
our real home is and invite them to be a part of it. Our goal is to live our lives in such a way that those around us who don't believe will see something different. They'll see something wonderful. And they'll see something that they want for themselves. Finally today, we need God's help to stay safe from the world. We need to insulate so that we can effectively infiltrate. Jesus prayed in John 17, 15, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. In Matthew 10, 16, we quoted it earlier. Jesus tells his disciples, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Most of us know what that feels like. Maybe you've been in a room as a University of Michigan fan among Ohio State fans. Or maybe you've been a Republican among Democrats. A mask objector among mask wearers. Or maybe a Christian freshman headed to college among a bunch of returning students at a public university. We're sent out as sheep among wolves. I've worked most of my adult life in a church office. That's a good thing in many ways. And I'm thankful for the fellowship it's provided over the years. But it's also not a very real world experience compared to what most of you, adults and students alike, experience on a daily basis. I do know what it's like to work in a secular setting as I was a public high school teacher for two and a half years right out of college. I remember just a couple weeks in, I found out from another teacher that I was being referred to as the holy roller in the teacher's lounge. Before I really even had a chance to get to know anybody. But my immature reaction at the time was isolation. Jesus gives us in his prayer some insight into a more spiritually mature way to handle the situation. And I stole it from an author who described it as insulate and then infiltrate. There are two things in this passage which I believe speak to the idea of insulate. First, in verse 17, Jesus prays, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Remember, the word holy means set apart. So through saturation in God's word, through biblical preaching, personal study, devotional reading, we are made holy by God's truth. Through his word, God makes us adequate 
for the work of ministry he's prepared for us to do. Jesus says at the beginning, the very beginning of of the text we read, he says, I have given them your word. I think what he's saying there is, they're ready. They've been prepared. They've been properly insulated through the saturation of, of, of God's word. The second clue in the text as to how to properly insulate ourselves is found in verse 21. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Jesus prays that we will have unity. He reminds us how much we need the loving support of each other. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12 says it this way. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. When I think back to my college freshman experience in that fraternity house, I wonder how different it would have been if I had just one Christian brother there with me to stand back to back with, to encourage me, to hold me accountable. I think it could have been very different. So we're told to insulate ourselves by saturating ourselves in God's word and by having other believers around us to support us. And why? Don't miss the so that of verse 21. Look at it. Verse 21. So that the world will believe you sent me. We insulate so that we can infiltrate. I have a very short list of non-biblical, non-biblical quotes that have so impacted me that I've committed them to memory. My favorite ever, ever has very little to do with today's topic, but I share it anyway because it's just that good. Missionary Jim Elliott said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. That's just awesome. But here's another one of my favorite quotes that I've actually committed to memory, and it does apply to today's subject. Servants always have access to the palaces of kings. Armed with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And side by side with brothers and sisters in Christ, 
We can infiltrate many people and places of secular influence by going as servants. My wife, for many years, during and even after our kids had left the school, had a significant influence for Christ at Plymouth Elementary School. She started as a volunteer classroom parent. Later, she helped out as a teacher's assistant. And then later as a substitute teacher. But she brought a Christian influence into that school and ministered to both students and teachers for many years. One year, she even won the Midland Public Schools Shining Star Award. And I found the name of that award so intriguing in light of Philippians chapter 2, verse 15. You know what I'm talking about? It says, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. We want to be shining stars wherever God sends us. We hear talk these days with the COVID-19 pandemic about super spreaders. In that context, a super spreader is someone who spreads the disease to an unusually large number of other people. Well, God is looking for super spreaders of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can be a super spreader right here in Midland or in Thailand or in Africa or on your college campus. Wherever we find ourselves, our goal is to live our lives in such a way that those around us who don't believe will see something different, something wonderful, and something that they will want for themselves. And then we can lead them to Jesus. After my bad experience as a baby Christian, living in a fraternity house my freshman year in college, I went back my sophomore year and moved into a dormitory. I also found a Christian friend through crew who became my roommate and my disciple. And I started a discipleship group there in the dorm with that roommate and two other guys from our dorm. Three of the four of us ended up in full-time Christian ministry. But I also kept my relationships with my fraternity brothers by playing intramural sports with them so that I could be salt and light to them. As we close today, I remind you that we are to be in the world, but not of the world. And to do that is at times a balancing act. We have to be careful not to isolate. 
We have to be careful not to insulate or imitate, excuse me. But the kingdom of God is advanced and the name of Jesus is glorified when properly insulated soldiers of Christ infiltrate the world with grace and truth. Join me in prayer, please. Father God, thank you so much for sending us into the world and using us as ambassadors for Christ. God, help us to represent you well. We know that it's a balancing act oftentimes. And it's hard to keep that that proper balance at times. Give us wisdom, Lord, as we saturate ourselves in your word. And help us to put people around us that will encourage us and hold us accountable when we need that. We want to shine like stars in the sky for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor.